0: Live from the three different locations, once again, because of Edison's potential COVID. Uh, <laughs> this is the fifth annual Talk Movie to Me Oscars special. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the Oscars have come to their senses and hired some hosts. This year, a trio of comedy queens, Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes, will take to the stage at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood to host the biggest night in movies, and what a night it will be. This year's films have been so successful at the box office, you've almost certainly seen at least one of them. But don't <laughs> fret, dear listeners. Helen, Miss Sinclair, and I are here to bring you your guide to all things Oscar as we talk about the 94th Annual Academy Awards.
1: Woohoo!
2: Woo-hoo! And we are already <laughs> drinking. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
0: It's
3: we a love to drink during these specials. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. do.
0: Mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Bottle of wine in, Oscar special, what could be better?
2: Right, exactly. Life is good. Life is
3: good.
0: Life is good.
3: Edison, you saying at the Dolby Theater just made me so excited to think about it being at the Dolby Theater again Mm because, I mean, obviously they had to make adjustments last year, but it felt so small and non-ceremonious at Mm -hmm. the small location they did it at last year. Like, I want that big stage and that big theater with all those people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah, know, we, I we agree. We want the theatrics. Yeah. We love
0: Grandiosity the Grandiosity and scale <laughs> and glamour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, why don't we just get started by getting right down to the nominations. And let's start with you, Helen, our resident A-lister. Helen, what was your first impression of this year's Oscar noms? Uh,
3: yeah, first impression, and I mean... Nothing too surprising here. all mm-hmm. pretty uh, pretty expected. I guess maybe one of the biggest ones was Lady Gaga not getting a best actress nomination for House of Gucci. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean it's all it was all kind of what I expected it to be. Edison.
0: Um I agree with that. I I think it wasn't really all that surprising. I was so hopeful for Gaga. Like I really yeah. wanted that nomination. But alas, it was it was not to be this year, but that's okay. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. else really shocked the shit out of me, I don't think.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, first impressions for me, I thought a couple things just running through my head. <laughs> I, I did think some of the best picture nominees... Bit of a snooze, especially Mm, Belfast mm. and Wet Side Story. But I'll get into that. Trust (laughs) me. I bet you guys just can't wait. (laughs) I also said, thank God Meryl Streep wasn't nominated for Don't Look Up. I don't even know what I would have done.
3: Imagine. (laughs) I would have
2: thought the Oscars were pretty much a joke at that point. Uh, But also really excited that The Power of the Dog was just killing it with nominations. Mm -hmm. So excited for Jane Campion. Yeah. Was hoping to see her go... uh, uh, toe-to-toe with Denis Villeneuve right mm-hmm. in the best uh, director category but he didn't get the nomination so that was a bit shocking for
0: me
3: yep, um, fair. yeah yeah
0: I think actually that's a good point. I was really kind of counting on him to be nominated there too. Now that I think about it.
3: All right. Well, let's let's break down some of the top categories here and talk about who some of the front runners are, or maybe there isn't a front runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start with the best actor category. So we have Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. I think this is probably a shoe-in for Will Smith. He has won the BAFTA, the SAG, the Critics' Choice, and the Golden Globe, although I will say that Andrew Garfield also won the Globe because there are those two categories at the Globes.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, But so far, Will Smith has kind of been sweeping the Best Actor category. Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm happy with that. I think that this is the year for Big Willie style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. he really turned it in for King Richard. We all enjoyed that movie. It was a really, Mm -hmm. you know, really solid performance from him as well. And yeah, I think that that of maybe of all the categories is the one that I would feel most comfortable sort of placing a bet on Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think that Will Smith's biggest competition is is definitely Benedict Cumberbatch. The other actors, although you know they're really great, I just don't think that they're necessarily at that level. Javier Bardem and being the Ricardos. Personally, I don't think this movie belongs at the Oscars at all. Agreed. <laughs> you guys know yeah. my thoughts on being the, the Ricardos. This was really teetering on Razzie-worthy. <sighs> I love Andrew Garfield, and I think that mm-hmm. he had a great year. This year really reminded everyone why we love Andrew Garfield. He was yes. wonderful in the new Spider-Man. He was incredible in Tick, Tick, Boom. I mean, learning to sing the way that he did for that mm-hmm. role in such a short period of time was just amazing. He was also so zany and fun and a little sinister mm-hmm. in the eyes of Tammy Faye. So he's just had a great year. Mm. Denzel Washington didn't love him as Macbeth. No, me neither. I don't think that was his strongest performance, but... Really, this comes down to Will Smith and Benedict Cumberbatch. Will Smith was emotionally moving, and I Mm -hmm. loved watching him. He was so charismatic. He had amazing physicality. He was transformative, and he was just a joy to watch. Benedict Cumberbatch really went out of his comfort zone He is usually a refined, upper-class intellectual. He -hmm. transformed himself into this complex, hyper-masculine, overcompensative, really multi-layered character. So these are two amazing performances. I think Will Smith will get it, and it's very deserving. But Mm -hmm. I think if Benedict Cumberbatch got it, it would also be very worthy. But I think it's going to go to Will Smith, and rightfully so.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. And it's interesting because I was, you know, all for the Benedict Cumberbatch performance until Mm -hmm. I watched Tick, Tick, Boom. And then honestly, Mm -hmm. I think that one won me over. Yeah. So moving on to Best Actress, uh, here are the nominees. Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart-Spencer. Um, so this has been a an unpredictable category so far this oh, year, yeah. um, which is exciting. Jessica Chastain has taken a little bit more of the previous awards than the others. She got the SAG and the Critics' Choice. Uh, Nicole Kidman actually won the Golden Globe. And then Joanna Scanlon won the BAFTA for After Love. So it hasn't been a sweep by any means. Oh,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is a super exciting category this year, yeah. and I think it's really fun. Like, all of these performances are so great. I we mm-hmm. When we saw The Eyes of Tammy Faye, like, Jessica Chastain was fantastic in that. It was such mm-hmm. a committed, wonderful, full-on performance. And I know y'all weren't the biggest fans in Nicole Kidman, in Being <laughs> the Ricardos, and I... You know, I wondered whether her Lucille Ball was like a a good Lucille Ball, but I loved her as like, you know, the the woman in it. I thought the performance Mm. was there and the emotionality. Mm. Um, I'm really disappointed that Kirsten Stewart isn't the front runner for this. I don't Mm. think she's going to win it. I mm. want her to. That's my favorite performance of the year. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's Jessica Chastain's at this point, And I'm not mad at that. But yeah. I also could be Nicole Kidman's or Olivia Colman's. It's so wild. Yeah.
2: You know, I generally have a favorite female mm. performance. Last year, I didn't. It was such a toss-up last year, too. I yeah. couldn't decide who I was rooting for. And mm-hmm. really, last year, I was thinking, just give it to Frances McDormand, because she makes the most sense. Right. It would be a really cool moment for, t- for her to have won three leading actress Oscars. Mm-hmm. This year, I have absolutely no idea. I don't personally have a favorite here. I have some favorite performances that I'll actually get into in a little bit, but they aren't in this race. So Mm. really, I have no dog in this fight. Jessica Chastain, she really entertained me. She's mm-hmm. lovely, she's committed, and she's definitely very hardworking, <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. You see her hard work, it, it really does yeah. show. They're all wonderful actresses. I, I don't think that this should go to Nicole Kidman, I don't think that this was one of her best performances.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know, I, my heart isn't in any of um, these nominees, really. Mm.
3: Yeah, i I would be happy to see Jessica Chastain win. I was also really excited about the Kristen Stewart Spencer nomination, mm-hmm. um, but I feel similarly to you, Sinclair, where I'm not necessarily, oh God, I, this person has to win, or I'll you know mm-hmm. sob on the floor as I've done before. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, oh, we've seen it; we it's, it's happened.
1: <laughs>
3: so yeah, yeah, it's that's, but it's going to be a very interesting category.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Honestly, supporting actor, this category always feels like they can just give it to anyone. <laughs> mm. <laughs> to me, sometimes, sometimes it's like they. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, it's it's usually there's a clear front runner, and then the other nominees, you're like, okay, you're just filler, I guess. Generally, there's about two front runners this year it's it's definitely come down to cody smith mcphee for the power of the dog and then troy kotzer for Mm -hmm. for coda so troy kotzer has sneakily become the front runner
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
2: coda has actually gained so much audience and critic support that it is Mm -hmm. really pushed troy kotzer's performance into the limelight He won the BAFTA, he won some Film Critics Award, and he also won the SAG, and those Mm -hmm. are very important awards. Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog feels like they're neck and neck right now. He won the Golden Globe, he's won a lot of Critics Awards. And this is really exciting, Mm -hmm. actually, because both of them have kind of come out of nowhere. They've brought something really unique to each of the films that they're in. They're both really memorable in the films Mm -hmm. that they're in, and they're both very integral performances and characters in these films. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to actually compare them as actors because they're so different. The Power of the Dog is a way better film than Coda. It's a lot more complex in terms of story and character, but Troy Kotzer is a fan favorite, and he's funny. And people love lighthearted performances and they love to laugh. And Troy Kotzer brought them that. And you know And they also
0: love a story. They love rooting Mm -hmm. for the underdog. They Mm -hmm. love feeling like they're connected to their values in supporting a performance or a film as well. And I think that there's something there that's why we're seeing this momentum. I think probably also just a lot of people hadn't seen Coda at the beginning. And so you're right, Like as now more and more people are watching it, they're really kind of falling in love with that character and that performance.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and just to call out the other uh, three nominations, so Kieran Hines in Belfast, Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog, and J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos, which feels like... (laughs) What a ridiculous nomination. I mean, yeah. I love J.K. Simmons. He's a fantastic actor. That performance does not deserve a nomination. Yeah.
0: I don't understand why that one's there either. Yeah.
3: yeah and, and Kieran Hines,
2: I honestly don't remember one moment of him from Belfast.
3: I do. I liked Belfast.
0: <laughs> I did too. I'm with you, Helen. I yeah. also uh-huh. liked Belfast. And I do actually remember him in Belfast. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic in it. And I'm not mad at his nomination at all. Yeah. But he he ain't yeah. going to win.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My pick here is is Cody Smith-McPhee because there is so much intrigue in that character and it's so important to the Power of the Dog script and that performance is vital to be accurate and to precisely portray that story and that character. Otherwise, the film would not have the effect that it does if it wasn't for his performance. He is completely uh v- vital mm-hmm. uh he would also be the second youngest supporting actor winner
1: mm.
0: cool. oh cool mm-hmm. um i yeah i agree with that he would get my vote too i thought that there was a uh mystery complexity and sort of like deep hidden story in his performance that he carried through the whole thing where you're just so drawn in i'm not going to be mad if troy kotzer wins and i may if i were betting on it i'd probably bet on the troy kotzer win but um my vote will go to cody smith mcphee yeah
3: yeah i feel the exact same way cody smith mcphee i prefer that performance but i do i have a feeling troy kotzer is going to win it
2: Mm. okay
3: next up is supporting
2: actress coming into a favorite of you two not so much a favorite of mine but uh (laughs) yeah if Ariana DeBose doesn't win. That would be
3: a huge shocker. Mm -hmm. That'd be a huge upset for sure. Yeah,
2: Her biggest competition really is Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog. I'm team Kirsten Dunst. I love her. I think that she is such an underappreciated actress, and I Mm -hmm. really loved her in The Power of the Dog. Uh, Jesse Buckley's in there for The Lost Daughter. Here's a head scratcher, Judy Dench for Belfast. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... What it's can a, I even say about that? Cats it's a small dogs.
0: performance, but remember, she won her <laughs> Supporting Actress Oscar for less screen time. Yeah. So it's not totally yeah. surprising.
2: Yeah. So she has a history of less is more, I mm. guess. <laughs> Stop. And we also have Anjanue Ellis for King Richard, uh, mm-hmm. which she's really wonderful in King Richard. Yeah, she so really is. It's good to see her recognized
3: here. I don't think she'll yeah. win,
2: um, but it's, it's good to see the recognition because she's really compelling in the film.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Ariana DeBose is gonna take it. I think if there's if there were any category to put money on, it would be this one. Mm-hmm. I think that's a shoe-in. Um and she deserves it. She's incredible in West Side Story. I didn't love West Side Story, but she is a revelation, in my opinion.
0: Mine too. A thousand percent yes. I <laughs> absolutely loved her in this. Like the the literal definition of just charisma uniqueness nerve and talent (laughs) just to steal that (laughs) right from RuPaul um she is amazing in this a a revelation Mm -hmm. is right now that being said I also adore Kirsten Dunst and I do too I do too I would not be mad if she wins but she hasn't won any of the
1: Mm
0: -hmm. awards Mm -hmm. leading up to this point it is Ariana DeBose's to lose for sure yeah
2: Yeah, and I mean, she's already won the BAFTA. She's won the Golden Globe. She won the SAG. She's going to need just a giant shelf to hold all her awards. So Mm -hmm. I don't think it's even much of a competition at this point.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, you guys know I didn't love West Side Story. I didn't love this performance. It's pretty much forgotten in my mind at this point. But (laughs) what does that matter? Because she's going to win, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, moving on to uh, the next couple of categories, um, we do have another s- kind of clear frontrunner here in the Best Directing category. The nominations are Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, and the clear frontrunner Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Now, yeah, of all of these ones, I definitely would comfortably bet my money on Jane Campion. She's won most of... The big awards of the season so far, from the BAFTAs to the Directors Guild Awards, the Critics' Choice Awards, the Golden Globes, etc. I'm pretty sure she'll walk away with the Oscar on Sunday. The one who's kind of been right behind her throughout would be Kenneth Brana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could
2: throw my glass of bubbly across the room right
1: now. <laughs>
0: Well, you don't need to because, I mean, he hasn't really won any of the Best Directoring Awards so far mm-hmm. this season. He has won a Golden Globe and a Critics Choice Award for Best Screenplay for Belfast. So, uh. And right now, that's sort of neck and neck with Licorice Pizza for the Oscar. Oh. So I think my prediction would be the Jane Campion winning Best Director and then the Academy still acknowledging Kenneth Branagh mm. um, by giving him the best original screenplay Oscar.
2: Original screenplay. Oh no, I can't even go there. I don't even <laughs> want to think about
0: that.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: completely shocked that Denis Villeneuve is not nominated here. Mm. Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, really safe choice. There was nothing mm-hmm. groundbreaking about this remake that warns a best director nominee. I'm sorry, Edison. I know wow. he's your favorite director. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's, it's,
2: you know, it's been done before. It's been done better. Belfast. Wow. Another safe, <laughs> boring choice. Oh, such a snooze. <laughs> Belfast is not groundbreaking in any way. It's very safe. The directing of this film, incredibly safe. Uh, but it's liquor- in black and white. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs>
3: I'm licorice <just> pizza.
2: <laughs> I really enjoyed hmm. licorice pizza, but it's not Paul Thomas Anderson's magnum opus or his most most complex film in in any way um drive my car is it's a good film it it's a film with a lot of understated beauty it has a lot of philosophical themes but it could have been Mm. an hour shorter Uh (laughs) it's also based on a short story (laughs) i'll emphasize short story my goodness (laughs) and it's three hours long (laughs)
1: um
2: yeah so that leaves the power of Of the dog, which is a complete masterclass in in directing. And one thing I want to say here is that I think a lot of people are starting this film and not watching the whole thing Mm. and shutting it off and then saying, Yeah, the power of the dog isn't that good. Okay, did you watch the whole thing? No. It's like, well, then you didn't get the full effect of the film. It's a big payoff Mm. at the end of the film.
0: This is the downfall of streaming. Right.
2: Yeah,
3: but I, I also can't imagine turning that movie off like mm-hmm. that movie's not boring. Yeah, you know, but I think I, that we
0: got we get attuned to the emotional tension, whereas right. other people are just on Netflix and they're like, oh, this new yeah. Western movie or whatever. And they're expecting True. something different.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, right. This category is the biggest upset for me. Honestly, Dune and Denis Villeneuve should be in here. The scale of Dune.
0: The Mm. innovation
2: of Dune and the vision Mm -hmm. of Dune is completely untouchable. And, Mm. you know, you have to remember that Dune for decades has been considered a story that is unadaptable.
1: Right. And Denis Mm -hmm. Villeneuve
2: did it and he did it successfully. And I think that he should be neck and neck with Jane Campion. And it would be the most exciting thing to Mm. see two master directors compete against one another. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that Denis Villeneuve definitely should be here, should be nominated. I'd be okay, honestly, with him taking the place of any of the other directors other than Jane Campion <laughs> um, for this. I, I also feel like uh, I really would have liked to and would not have been mad at all to have seen Mike Mills nominated for Come On, Come On, and I wish right. that, that mm-hmm. film in general yeah. had had more nominations, right? As a director, mm-hmm. that was a really beautiful film, and he pulled out such authentic performances from the actors. It's something that could have been in here as well, mm-hmm. but alas. Now, moving on to Best Picture. Well, honey, this is where we are getting some drama mama because right. <laughs> for a long time, it was looking very much like the Power of the Dog was the clear frontrunner. Then Belfast was right there nipping at the dog's heels. Um, <laughs> but with Jane Campion feeling you know like a lock for director, probably would have been a safe bet to go for Power of the Dog for Best Picture. But then, literally in the last three weeks, this other film came flying down the racetrack. (laughs) Oh, Helen, not happy. Not happy. Uh, (laughs) Flying down that racetrack, picking up almost supercharged momentum. And it's caught up to, or maybe even sprinted past Power of the Dog to take the lead in the Best Picture race. Yes, that film is CODA. Literally, Mm -hmm. even as recently as three weeks ago, it wasn't even considered a major contender for Best Picture. But then it won... The SAG Awards, it won two BAFTAs, the Producers Guild Award, the Writers Guild Award, and now it's the front runner.
3: I will say though, it hasn't won a lot of actual Best Pictures. Like at SAG, it won Best Ensemble.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: but Power of the Dog has won the Critics' Choice for Best Film, BAFTA, and the Globe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Coda is not an Oscar caliber film. It is a slight step up from a movie of the week. It has, you know, subject matter that is. Uh, has been under underrepresented, and I think that that is wonderful. But the film itself is not a that good of a movie, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine that winning over Power of the Dog. Like I will be, I will not be happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of very questionable Best Picture nominees mm. uh, this year. One being Don't Look Up. I right. I don't get this nomination. I don't look up his borderline Razzie nomination for me. I don't get ads. it either. It's, <laughs> it's a I really fun don't. watch. Mm. It's not skilled in its execution and its mm. messaging. It's just, it's not, it's kind of a fun mess of a film that is too long and I don't think it earns its length, but it is, mm. it is fun to watch. Um, this Drive- definitely
0: could have, that definitely could have been replaced by Come On, Come On as an yeah, example. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. Um, something f- more poignant, I think, and, and meaningful. Uh, Drive My Car is in here. I don't think that this will win Best Picture, but I think that they'll give it Best International Film.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Dune, so happy to see Dune and The Power of the Dog in mm-hmm. this category. That's great. I'm glad to see them go head-to-head here. Nightmare Alley is okay. <sighs> this isn't The Shape of Water. I'm yeah. not quite sure why it has a best picture nomination. Yeah, it's an interesting remake. Overall, it's just a lot more drawn out than uh, the original film from 1947. Uh, could have been way shorter. Helen, did you love this film or <laughs> Nightmare Alley? Yeah. Um,
3: I thought the thing I liked most about Nightmare Alley was the costume and production design, which mm-hmm. it is nominated for. Yeah. Um, the story itself, no, like I, it was basically what I was expecting it to be, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it feels like one of those nominations where they're like, "Well, Guillermo del Toro, like you, mm-hmm. we, we gave you Shape of Water, like it, it, it almost yeah. feels like a." You're in the club now. Yeah. It was a foregone so, conclusion that this was yeah. going to be
0: nominated here. It's yeah. got so you know he had just one shape of water. It's Del Toro. It's got Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett. It's like yeah. was going to be here. I think before anybody even saw it. So I I definitely I hear what you're saying for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I think the clear winner should be the power of the dog. It yeah. has all the ingredients it's Mm -hmm. visually striking it's cerebral and it's complex it has wonderful performances it has interesting characters it has relevant themes it has timely themes it's Mm -hmm. groundbreaking and it changes the way we watch film Mm -hmm. and our own prejudices and social Mm -hmm. conditioning it has Everything that a best picture winner yeah. should have. Code is yeah. a feel good movie, but it's not groundbreaking, really, in terms of its actual story. So, yeah, I'm the power of the dog all the way.
3: 100%. Oh,
0: <sighs> I'm a thousand percent with you. Yes, Power of the Dog is, I think it is the best film of the year. It's, yes. And, I would. I really want it to win. I don't mm-hmm. want the Coda upset. I'll be shocked if that happens. I really enjoyed Coda, but I'm with. I'm with you. It was just like you know. It was a sweet film, um, but it's not the power of the dog. Come on. God
3: no. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I wonder what little lady made these. Actually, I did, sir. My mother was a florist, so I made them to look like the ones in our garden. Oh, well, do pardon me.
2: Okay, so we all want certain movies to win, and we all want certain Mm. performers to win. Mm -hmm. And I think that we tend to campaign for these movies and these performers in our everyday lives. You know, we go to work. We tell people why we like these movies and why we like these performances, and we try to convince other people. At least I do. I love a debate. (laughs) So the Oscars have a bit of a dark history when it comes to campaigning, and studios actually trying to bribe and, you know, quote-unquote campaign for their films to win. And we're always hearing about Oscar campaigning. And, you know, how does somebody actually win an Oscar? And really Harvey Weinstein has been one of the biggest villains when it comes to Oscar campaigning and just overall influence and bribing and bullying. And studios actually have been campaigning and try to influence votes for a, for a really long time. Oh. So the word four-year consideration, that goes all the way back to 1948. And mm-hmm. this kind of got bigger and bigger in the 50s and the 60s when advertising started to really boom then they would have ads that were associated with big actresses in Hollywood films. Mm. So there was kind of this birth of, you know, the Oscar campaign. And it's funny because really, when is Hollywood known for its belief in merit? <laughs> we can't get too mm. upset about this. Um, but right. there's a, been a bunch of different tactics that studios have used to try and, and win their film's Academy uh, votes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think like it's it's common sense. This is it's show business, just like everything else in every single business that exists. You have to market yourself. And that is essentially what campaigning is, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's advertising and marketing and trying to build a relationship with your demographic consumer, right? And your target audience, no matter what it is. And Hollywood is no different. Yes, it is, a mer- it is meant to be a meritocracy at the Oscars, but the Oscars mm-hmm. are big business. Mm-hmm. And if an Oscar, if a, uh, an actor or performer wins an Oscar, that they are known as Oscar winner so-and-so for the right. rest of their career. Yeah. And the film, the exact same way. Yeah. So it makes sense. But you're right. The tactics are really interesting. And it started pretty basic you know the the movies would buy out pages like for your consideration ads and all of the industry publications right Mm -hmm. and it has evolved (laughs) Mm -hmm. to say the least Mm -hmm. now they're like multi-million dollar campaigns that where they're hiring like political campaigns people who worked on like Obama's presidential campaign and stuff Right to, to run their like Oscar campaigns for these films Spending mm. like 15 million dollars for a film And it's there's so much involved It starts with all the festivals in the fall um, There's so much ads and that On the social media There's billboards There's subway ads There's a relentless parade of screenings And luncheons and cocktail parties and dinners all these tiny festivals with all these Q&As after where the actors have to answer the same freaking questions 8 trillion times over and over, right. and over and over and over again, right? And then there's people who are hosting events. You know, all these movies are also trying to get powerful people in the industry who have sway and influence mm-hmm. to champion their films, right? right? Like Barbara Streisand held a really early screening for La La Land because she loved that Ooh. film, and hmm. that helped, that contributed to its major push in the Oscar hmm. season. And Jordan Horowitz, who's the producer of La La Land, I mean, he knows firsthand about the Oscar campaign. He was nearly successful. He even started his damn acceptance speech before they realized <laughs> that <laughs> Moonlight won. <laughs> right. um, but he said, he was speaking to Vox, and he said, it's about crafting that narrative That both is the movie and beyond the movie. Hmm. How you market the film, who goes to see the film, and how they talk about it. All that needs to be in the narrative of the film. And I think that that is really key, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's really unique, too. How do you identify what is the story behind the film that makes people want to, you know, root for it? Mm -hmm. That's why we have this underdog thing. It's why we're seeing CODA this year it's like coda is the underdog and it mm-hmm. also is a reflection of the values that the academy voters want to see reflected in themselves if they vote for mm. something it's like it's what apple had you know if you buy this product you are part of this apple brand
3: well so, and that's an apple movie <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah. So one of the stars who has been campaigning quite a bit during this award season is Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And, you know, that's been evident in, you know, lots of red carpet appearances, lots of interviews. Like today she did, there was an interview that came out in People where she talked about sending flowers to all of her fellow nominees when she found out who was nominated. And there's a podcast that... I like that I'm sure a lot of people have heard of called you're wrong about they had done an episode on Tammy Faye way back and they re-released that episode a couple months ago with an interview with Jessica Chastain in the beginning mm. of it which I saw come up on my feed and I was like what is Jessica Chastain <sighs> doing on you're wrong about and then I was like oh this is Oscar campaigning like she yeah. is going yeah. full tilt I was reading some interesting stuff in our one of our favorite uh celebrity journalists Laney Gossip uh, talking about <laughs> Jessica Chastain's Oscar yeah. campaigning, there was a screening of Eyes of Tammy Faye back in December that Anne Hathaway attended, and it was there was all this publicity of you know Anne Hathaway vouching for this movie and vouching mm-hmm. for this performance, and there is also now uh, some publicity around the fact that Jessica Chastain is saying that she may not do the red carpet at the Oscars yes. because the makeup award is happening. Mm -hmm. before the oscars and is not being televised Mm -hmm. so she's saying well i'm gonna be there when they announce the makeup award and that might mean that i miss the red carpet yeah um which is you know on one hand her saying i want to stand by these awards being televised and being like shown importance but it is also like a calculated move you know
0: absolutely
3: (laughs) yeah i feel like
2: jessica chastain is like the tracy flick of oscars (laughs) 2022 but i mean i love her for it i think she's great yeah i i i love jessica chastain so
3: i i I mean more power to her honestly she also spent a decade making this movie yeah like
0: well that's why i can get behind it because basically this film is her right and it's all her she carries the whole thing it's very clearly her passion project And, yeah, she's campaigning for her performance, but it does feel very sincerely that she's also campaigning for the film. Right. And that's why I can get behind it in a different way. It's not the same as, like, Leo DiCaprio's, you know, (laughs) oh, my God, I suffered in the cold or whatever. That felt very self-serving. I do feel like she's doing this in service of her performance, obviously, Mm -hmm. in her own Oscar, Mm -hmm. um, but also for the film.
2: She's also very social media savvy as well. Like on Mm. her Instagram, she'll post uh, videos, like time-lapse videos of her in the makeup chair getting the prosthetics for Tammy Faye. So it's honoring the makeup artists, of Mm. course, but it's also showing the transformation that she went through to yes. be Tammy Faye. And it's something that's gonna reach all of her fans and, and reach, mm-hmm. you know, she has like millions of followers on Instagram. So that's, she's very savvy in that way.
3: Totally.
0: I think that she's gained a lot of respect over the past 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, or so in the industry. People really like Jessica Chastain mm-hmm. and really see her as a hardworking actor. More than celebrity for sure, yeah. And somebody who's really talented. So I, I wouldn't be surprised for her to win, and and like I think that she's got a lot of support behind her,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, but she is not the only one dialing the campaigning full up. I. So let's get into some of our other ones, and I just have to start because <laughs> my absolute favorite Oscar campaign of anybody is fucking lady gaga yeah Her hilariously <laughs> comically perfectly gaga over the top campaign for house of gucci oh right. my god i she i am living for it the it's second
3: really funny <laughs> the
0: second that there was even any remote hint that she was gonna maybe be like in the conversation she was like cute i'm gonna dial this not to 100 but to gaga
3: right. <laughs> yep
0: and like the fucking interviews that she gives, like, there's this amazing meme. Have you guys seen the meme, the moment, the little clip of the interview when she's with Salma Hayek? Yeah. Oh, my talk God. Talking about the witch t-
3: being a witch. and.
0: Talk- yes. Yeah. She's like, I lived as Patrizia for a year and a half. Yeah. I had to disappear into this accident. Salma Hayek, like, completely zones yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. But, like, everything. Gaga had, she had a psychiatric nurse on set with her for the last days of filming. Mm-hmm. Because she was like, she had just devolved so far into the character. She fucking released an entire makeup line, lipsticks, highlighters, brush, eyeshadow palettes, all dedicated to the house of Gucci through her house laboratory. All of the outfits, right? She wrote an 80-page biography of Patricia Reggiani before shooting. It's just (laughs) the fucking best. But my favorite is she was describing her last day of filming on set and she said she was telling this story about you know being on this balcony smoking a cigarette dancing to Mambo Italiano and she was attacked by a swarm of flies and she said I believe they're conjured by Reggiani and I realized then I had to let the character go <laughs>
3: The thing about Gaga is she knows it's a performance. Yeah. Yes. Like she knows she's playing into it. And that's yeah. what makes it so wonderful is that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm here to see this performance of mm-hmm. your yes. Oscar campaign. Yeah.
2: Yes. And it's brilliant
3: too because she
2: didn't get the nomination, but it makes right. you wish that she did. So mm-hmm. we're all kind of like mourning the fact that we don't get to see more of this. We don't 100%. get to see her compete against Jessica Chastain with campaigning. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, (laughs) and and can't wait till the next one.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so
2: good. Yeah. So there are a lot of awards that we are used to seeing and they're being presented off camera this year. And honestly, some are truly heartbreaking. Mm
0: -hmm. But
2: the Academy has had a lot of pressure this year to boost ratings. Last year's Oscars were the least watched ever so
1: wow, that hits, that hits that. pretty hard
2: yeah and I mean a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's a there was a pandemic and yeah. the fact that people just didn't see the films there there wasn't mm-hmm. buzz around the films and I mean honestly we could barely even go to the theater um, yeah. most of the time to see anything so yeah. you know you really needed to care to tune mm-hmm. in last year. And mm-hmm. there you know, I, I am heartbroken by them them cutting some of these categories. But all I all I want to say here is please let's have clips. We need to have mm. clips these this mm. year. I want the clips of the performances. Mm-hmm. I know um, but They do want to make this more viewer friendly. They want to focus on the jokes and the performances and the clips. And they're actually going to start the ceremony an hour early and give out some of the awards and then they're going to air the actual broadcast. So some of the awards that are going to be handed out off camera, some of these are really heartbreaking. Uh, Documentary short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score that hurts. That just hurts. Yeah. Uh, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So,
2: who? How do we feel about this?
0: I don't yeah. like it at yeah. all. I think it's actually really incredible incredibly disrespectful there is no film without film editing imagine 1917 <laughs> without editing to make it appear right. as if it's a single take yeah. that is that's like imagine giving out that award earlier <laughs> like not on mm-hmm. the telecast as if that wasn't as important a feature of that incredible film yeah or makeup and hairstyling in everything like mm-hmm. jessica chastain is perfect yeah she's gonna win her oscar and a huge part of that is the makeup. She played Tammy Fucking Faye, and then score. I mean, score makes film. Let's be real. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah I um, I don't like it. I I will say of the categories that aren't being televised, and I love myself. I love short films. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think we need to see the short film categories televised. Mainly because it's that's just such a small audience, mm-hmm. um not a lot of people watch short films, and the other one that I could care not to see is actually original song mm-hmm.
2: I, don't, I don't that's I not feel like Edison would disagree with that, but <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I I, get, I would disagree with that. But I think that we have, it's honestly, we just haven't had really strong contenders in that category yeah. for a few years is, I think, right. part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go back to the 90s, like, I think that that is a big part of it, especially a lot of films that makes it. Imagine, like, the Titanic year and not seeing Celine Dion True. perform, My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. You know? And I, it's- I do
3: understand that that, like, livens the the telecast as well, that we get yeah. these live performances. I just always kind of that's where I feel like changing the channel sometimes depending on what what they're
0: saying the the viewership has consistently gone down Mm -hmm. at the Oscars and and it is a little bit like, okay, we need to shake things up because it's a whole we're dealing with a whole new demographic of of like viewer and how do we capture them? Mm -hmm. Right? And maybe this traditional award ceremony format is not is no longer working. But Mm -hmm. I'm really sad to see it go.
3: And Mm -hmm.
0: a lot of people are. There was actually more than 70 really prominent people in the film industry from Jane Campion, Guillermo del Toro, Denis Villeneuve, right? Also John Williams, James Cameron. They all sent a, a letter to the Academy asking and urging them to reverse it.
2: And I think that some of these technical categories are important to see televised because Mm -hmm. it gives people a chance to see behind the curtain of filmmaking, Mm -hmm. to see how the work is done, to see the people that, that bring this to life. And award shows are about honoring everybody that's involved in film. And it's good to see the things that we don't get to see. We see the performances. Already. Yes. We see the celebrities, but we don't see the artists that are so talented that that bring this to life.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I want to see original score. I want to see Han Zimmer, if he wins, go up on stage and be a legend and mm-hmm. see him thank Denis Villeneuve and his mm-hmm. team and mm-hmm. just see him talk about how he has brought people into a completely different world with music. Mm-hmm. If Johnny Greenwood wins, I want yeah. to see him. Mm. He's had such an incredible year. You know, Radiohead fans want to see him. He represents this new wave of really incredible musicians that have been in a band before that are now doing scores. And I want to see yeah. his weird emo artist. Persona up on stage accepting an Oscar. That'd be really exciting. Yeah.
3: I do think, though, that they're going to like pre tape the acceptance speeches and still air those. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to do the whole announcing all the nominees. Yeah. And like, I think we will see the speeches. I think. Yeah.
2: It's definitely not I as exciting know. as in the moment.
0: <laughs> no, totally. Sure. Not as exciting at all. Yeah. So the answer is yes, maybe you need to rethink the telecast. But not at the expense of these nominees.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Right. <laughs>
0: So every year at the Oscars, there's always some type of a record broken or some historic moment or historic nomination, a trailblazer, if you will. And this year is no different. So why don't we talk about some of those? Mm. Helen, take it away.
3: Yeah, so uh, Jane Campion is now the first woman to ever be nominated for Best Director twice. Uh, mm. She was nominated back in the 90s for The Piano and now obviously for Power of the Dog. No woman has ever gotten two Best Director nominations. That's Um, fucking crazy. Yeah. She also has three nominations this year, so she has director, producer, and adapted screenplay. Mm -hmm. And if she happens to win all three of those, like no woman has ever won three Oscars at the same awards show. Wow. And if she wins uh, for adapted screenplay, she'll be the first woman to ever win screenplay in both categories because she won Best Original Screenplay for The Piano. Mm. Oh, wow. So yes, lots of opportunities to break records, and she already has, even Mm. just by being nominated uh, which mm. is pretty amazing.
0: Wow, that's that's mm. awesome.
3: Yeah. What about um Ariana Debose Edison?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Ariana Debose is the first Afro Latino actor ever nominated by the Academy. Mm. Wow. Um, and she also joins this really unique kind of club of double nominees for playing the same character. So mm. if she wins. She will have won for playing Anita the same way that Rita Moreno won for playing...
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, Anita in the that's first cool. film. cool. Exactly, yeah. And the only other times that this has happened with was Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro, who played Vito Corleone in The ah. Godfather and The Godfather Part Two, mm. And then Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix, who both played the Joker.
1: Mm. Oh, cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's actually kind of cool. And also... Ariana DeBose is the first openly queer woman of color ever to be nominated for an Oscar. Whoa. Yeah. And so she and Kristen Stewart are the first openly queer actors since Ian McKellen to even be nominated. That was 20 years ago. So, yeah, I think that that's really cool. And she had a quote about it. Um, She said, it's overwhelming and it's also paramount because I didn't have that growing up. When people Mm -hmm. ask me about representation... I frequently say, if you can see it, then you can be it. I believe in our mm. young people. We need them, and they need to see themselves in the work that we make. So if I can do that for one or two young people in the world, then it will have been worth it. Mm. More reason to love
2: her. <laughs> oh, it's so true. I wish I loved West Side Story a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, okay, yeah, so speaking of the power of the dog, Ari Wagner is uh, nominated for Best – uh cinematography and Mm -hmm. yeah it's so cool to see her in this category cinematography has not been the kindest to women women are very underrepresented in this field and in this category at the oscars cinematography is considered the final frontier for women at the oscars there has never in the history of the oscars been a woman who has won this category and i mean we're going on almost a century of oscar (laughs) this is the 94th
1: yeah
2: yeah rachel morrison for mudbound in in 2017 Mm. was the first and only female nominated for cinematography at that time
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's really
2: really bonkers Ari Wagner is Australian. I love that she's working with Jane Campion here, who's another wonderful trailblazer. And Mm -hmm. yeah, she has some really impressive credit her cinematography, it's its really considered, it's really striking, it's precise, and she can do epic landscapes, also smaller art house uh, visuals as well. She did In Fabric*, which is an A24 horror film, and mm. it's completely inventive and bizarre. And she also did Zola, which is recent, which is so oh. dreamlike, it's zany, there's so many pops of color. And now you know she's doing the Power of the Dog, which is it's really neat because we get to see a Western through the eyes of a female director and also a female cinematographer, and they just work so seamlessly together. And they're reimagining the visuals of the West and the storytelling of the Western genre, and just flipping it on its head. And it's it's really special and it's really cool. And I I would love mm-hmm. to see her win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, another mention too is Troy. Kotzer who a deaf actor has never won. Marley Matlin is the only deaf performer to have ever won a, an Oscar. Yeah, she won. And Best he's a, Actress.
3: He, Yeah, yeah. And he's the he's only the second no, deaf nominated actor. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. only yeah. been the two of them. Yeah. So yeah.
2: So a lot of trailblazers this yeah. year, and so yeah. many potential record
3: breakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are a couple people nominated this year that we want to highlight their road to the Oscars. Yeah. Edison, why don't you start with Johnny Greenwood?
0: Absolutely. I mean, what's a road trip without music? Ooh, Boring. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what. Imagine a film without a score. Bleak. Ugh. And this year we can't talk about film scores without acknowledging English musician Johnny Greenwood who composed the musical scores for like some of the most highly acclaimed and Oscar nominated films of the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like he's just the coolest guy. I'm sorry. I would absolutely love, love, love to just watch him work because, Mm. you know, he's just one of these like ludicrously talented artist types where Mm -hmm. you just can't even really like comprehend the sort of versatility and vastness of their talent. Yeah. So Johnny Greenwood, for any listeners who don't know, is the lead guitarist and keyboardist of Radiohead. And as such, he's actually a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. But about 20 years ago, he also ventured into composing film scores as well. Mm -hmm. So his first solo album outside of Radiohead was that, a film score. And it was for a documentary film in 2003 called Body Song. And then a few years later, he began a very fruitful creative partnership with Paul Thomas Anderson when he provided the score for 2007's There Will Be Blood. Mm -hmm. And then he scored Lynn Ramsey's film, We Need to Talk About Kevin, in 2011. Mm -hmm. And then he followed up with PTA again the next year, scoring The Master, and then again with Inherent Vice in 2014, Mm -hmm. Phantom Thread in (laughs) 2017. It's just
2: so good.
0: So good. Yeah. Phantom Thread, he got his first Oscar nomination. But this is really Johnny Greenwood's year, right? Mm. So, yes, he's nominated for Power of the Dog. He also composed the the scores for Spencer and Licorice Pizza, Mm -hmm. which were both both amazing. And I think what sets him apart is he's got this really experimental way in which he sort of reimagines what a film score can be. Definitely this is influenced by his work in Radiohead. But he, like, subverts instruments, for example. Like, in The Power of the Dog, he's using a cello, but playing it like a banjo. Mm -hmm. And that's (laughs) the sort of, like he says, to capture this conflicting nature of Benedict Cumberbatch's Phil, And I just love that, right? There's a real cool (sighs) ingenuity that goes into that, totally. So, yeah. Uh, Johnny Greenwood's Road to the Oscars, really cool. And he could definitely, definitely walk with it for sure mm-hmm. for Power of the Dog. And speaking of Helen of the Dog. Helen of the Dog. <laughs> Helen of the Dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: Helen that's because I finished my bottle of wine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Helen of the Dog. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Speaking of Power of the Helen. Um, <laughs> all right. Speaking of Power of the Dog, Helen, take it away. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I am talking about Cody Smith McPhee's road to the Oscars. Uh, He is a, as we have already mentioned in this episode, he is a pretty young performer born in 1996. (laughs) And he's an Australian actor and he comes from a family of performers. His dad and sister are both actors. His first big role was playing the son in the movie The Road. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next year he played Owen in Let Me In. It is quite interesting to go back and look at just screen caps from those films and, and what he looked like then because he just he has grown into such an, a unique looking actor.
1: Mm-hmm. He
3: played Kurt Wagner slash Nightcrawler in X-Men, which I am not super familiar with, but I can see how his look would lend itself to a superhero type role though he is mutant. kind of unrecognizable
0: in that character as he's okay entirely blue and like okay and whatever but yes <laughs> fair
3: um but yeah he does just have an incredibly unique look and persona about him that makes for like what a canvas to create a character on top of you know yes and this is a nomination and possibly win that I think is going to catapult his career. And I mean there have been other nominations in the past that have done this for actors. Um one that I could think of is Marion Cotillard winning for Livian Rose in 2007. She was definitely an established French actress but in the, you know the western world of cinema wasn't super known and then all of a sudden, you know, she's doing uh oh, yeah, that made dark Knight rises and uh, yeah
0: <clears throat> and it um, made her such a star that even though she hasn't had a hit film over here in a while she's still a star
3: 100 percent. yeah yeah and i would actually say the same for anna paquin we've talked about her a lot recently and that oscar win mm. for the piano and i actually think that I don't know if she would have continued acting if it weren't for that, the success of that film and that win, because her parents were so, like, really wanted to shelter her Mm. from the acting world. And I don't know if it would have continued if it weren't for that win.
0: Oh, interesting. So, yeah, Cody Smith has, like, he's been working in really interesting, like, good films and even high profile films, Mm -hmm. but just hasn't Mm -hmm. really had his breakthrough moment. So, this really could be it for Mm -hmm. sure.
3: Sinclair, who are you going to profile here in their (laughs) road to the Oscars? Yeah, so Greg Frazier, who
2: has had such an amazing year. He's also an Australian cinematographer.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He
2: is the cinematographer on The Batman, which is another huge Mm -hmm. movie as of late. And yeah, he... Is nominated for Dune, which Mm -hmm. just incredible. I, I, as you guys know, I I was obsessed with Dune, still Mm -hmm. obsessed, still just dead in my cinema seat. Um, (laughs) I'm still a ghost of myself, but... (laughs) He has some really interesting tie-ins with a lot of nominees at this year's Oscars. Mm. Uh, One being he was a cinematographer for Bright Star from 2009, which is one of Jane Campion's films about uh, 19th century poet John Keats. Uh, He was a cinematographer on Let Me In, which Helen just Ah. mentioned for for Jodie Smith-McPhee. It's the remake of Let the Right One In. He was the cinematographer for Snow White and the Huntsman. So you got a nice Uh, Chris Stewart Stewart. tie-in. He was the cinematographer on Zero Dark Thirty, which is a nice uh, Jessica Chastain tie-in. And also the cinematographer on Vice, which is a little tie-in to Adam McKay so six and degrees also of separation lion
0: with nicole kidman and
2: lion with nicole oh kidman so yes. yeah he has such a big body of work and he's worked with some amazing directors some amazing actors and this is his second nomination so yeah his first one was 2017 he was nominated for lion he has won the bafta for dune mm. uh, so he and Ari Wagner they're they're neck and neck for this yeah I Mm. I feel like and oh this is so hard because I do love them both I need to say when I saw Dune I had a moment where I was sitting there and I was thinking this may be one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen Mm. this world is completely unreal these shots Mm. are unreal and I was completely transported The last real awe moment that I had with cinematography was 1917. 1917, yeah. yeah. And Blade Runner 2049. And those were both Mm -hmm. Roger Deakins. And Mm -hmm. I think that a movie directed by Denis Villeneuve really lets a cinematographer shine.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And...
2: He has managed to create this Denis Villeneuve just visual Magnum Opus tribute. Yeah. There's Arrival, there's Blade Runner, there's Sicario, there's prisoners in here, and there's also visual throwbacks to The Last Temptation of Christ, to Lawrence of Arabia. And he's able to recreate these really epic scales. And, you know, he did all that stuff with the the sand not green screen, but the brown screen. The brown screen, yeah. And, you know, you're, you're on a sand planet. You're on a goth planet. The scope of this film is just completely unreal. And mm-hmm. it, you just can't imagine the technical skill and, and vision that that takes. So, yes, it's so cool to see all his projects come together with Dew. And you really see the topography of Lion and Zero Dark Thirty and even, like, otherworldly elements of Rogue One. That he was a cinematographer yeah. on as well. Mm-hmm. So ugh. Yeah. And,
0: Ma- and Mandalorian.
2: Mandalorian. And yeah. you know, there's the intimacy and dreaminess of Bright Star. And it's just it's incredible work. So ugh. Mm-hmm. This category, cinematography, is just neck and neck. There's so many good cinematography nominations this year. Mm-hmm.
3: <sighs> okay, so lots of great movies nominated this year. However, obviously a lot that were not nominated. Um, are there any films that we would have liked to see a nomination for that got shut out here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I think okay. I really think that Spider-Man No Way Home what if you're going to give Don't Look Up a best picture nomination? Right. Where where's the nomination for Spider-Man? Right. That film was actually re- you have to think about the undertaking of making that mm. film. Everything that goes into that and it also having such heart and this really like twenty years worth of a payoff for mm-hmm. the audience. It also was probably the only film that every single person has seen mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. might draw some more audience to true. The yeah, actual that's a good point. Academy. I thought that that film was really, really wonderful and would have been totally deserving for a bunch of nominations.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree, Edison, with with that. I think that there's so many best picture nominees that could be bumped out and that one could be put in uh, Mm. because it actually was one of the best films of the year in terms Mm. of audience interest technically Mm. it's a lot of fun as well I I think that it would have reinvented the idea of what a best picture nominee could be and I think they missed the mark on that for sure so I'd have Mm. to agree with you on that one
0: Wow All right, I love that
2: (laughs) That's not my pick but <laughs> what's, your, what's, your, what's your pick, Sinclair? Okay. So looking at these acting categories, honestly, nothing compares to Mass. Mass oh. is in terms of acting, some of the best acting I've ever seen. And Okay, I haven't ooh. seen it yet, but I've really wanted to incredible. I haven't either. Incredible. And it's is a smaller film that I don't know if it just didn't get the attention. But when you watch the acting in this film, it blows every, Mm. especially uh, the female performances. So Mass is a film that came out in 2021. It's directed by Fran Kranz, and it stars Jason Isaac, Martha Plimpton, Ann Dowd, and Reed Briney. And it this has to be one of my favorite films of 2021. And it's the first Mm. feature that he's actually directed. The acting in this is unreal. It is mind boggling good. And Dowd, the fact that she is not nominated Mm. for an Oscar for this movie, and even even Martha Plimpton just completely Mm. boggles my mind. So I feel like when I look at some of these supporting actress and lead actress categories, I think, None of you compare to the Mm. female performances in Mass.
3: I love Mm. Ann Dowd. Ann Dowd
2: is so good in this movie. And the subject matter is so tough. It's basically four characters in a room. And it's two couples. And Ann Dowd and her husband are the parents of a mass shooter. And they are having a therapy session with the parents of a boy that their son killed.
3: Oh fine. It oh, is wow.
2: intense. It all happens in one room. It's basically shot like a play. And I I can't mm. gush anymore about the acting in this film. It's it's mm. completely snubbed when it comes to acting categories. Oh. Everybody watch Mass. It's like nothing you will ever see in terms of acting. It's a complete master class. And in a film of mm. like a first time
3: director Um, Well, sort of piggybacking on that, my pick is The Humans, which I spoke about in a recent episode. So this is written and directed by Stephen Karam based on the play that he wrote. I think that this definitely could have gotten a best adapted screenplay. Mm. And Richard Jenkins and Jane Howdyshell in this movie are incredible. I mean, Richard Jenkins is a fantastic actor. Mm -hmm. And Jane Howdyshell, who I think has done more theater than film, uh, and she did this role on stage as well. She And she's in the, the feature. She's beautiful and wonderful. And I would have loved to see this small film make some waves during award season. But it was, again, it was just such a small film.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, of the films that have been nominated and mm-hmm. the ones that are here, right? Yeah. Let's each pick our one nomination that we really want mm-hmm. to win. What is it? What's the one you're getting behind? You're like, okay, this is the one I want sinclair go
2: yeah mine's actually for international feature i'm i'm not going with drive my car i'm going for the worst person in the world um oh i've
3: heard this is amazing this
2: film is one of my favorites of the year by far Mm -hmm. i think that this should win best international feature it's gonna go to drive my car but this one to me is the best one it's It's incredible. The acting's incredible. I I also wanted to win um, original screenplay. It's a film that is introspective. It's absurd in parts. It's poignant. It's funny. And I loved watching this. I had like a personal day where I just went to the movies by myself. I watched this. I had some popcorn. And it's like the perfect movie for anybody but really for like a woman to go watch Mm. and Mm. just think about life and Mm. to think about characters that are not always right and that make mistakes Mm. and Mm. it's a wonderful movie I like tear it up as well but I think drive my car is kind of stealing the spotlight in this category and honestly it might win but if you can go see this film Go do it. It's it's okay. it's wonderful.
3: What about you, Eddie?
0: So for me, I think it's, it's honestly probably Will Smith for King Richard. Okay. And I think it's because, it's not necessarily because I think this is like the performance that deserves it more than anything mm. else. But I love Will Smith. I've always loved Will Smith. He is a real genuine like movie star. You know how I do. <laughs> and I love that. And Mm -hmm. I think that his career has kind of tanked for like basically the last decade. He hasn't really had, you know, that Will Smith thing, that charm of independence. It doesn't necessarily work when you're 50. right? You know, it's just not the same. And this film is him, I think maybe and hopefully kind of entering a different era in his Mm. career. And I think he's got the chops for it. And I want to see him take more risks. And I want to see directors give him more opportunities to take those risks. Yeah, I want to see him win this and, and just see what happens from that. Yeah. How about you, Helen?
3: <sighs> yeah, for me, it's going to be I really need Power of the Dog to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what I, I want. It's the best movie that's nominated for Best Picture I just I I just look I say a lot of things about coda but it's just not it's not even in the same class as power of the dog and if that wins over power of the dog it's just going to feel I don't know I'll just feel very disheartened mm-hmm. I really 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 oh. want power of the dog to we win We can't <laughs> have another
2: Oscar night We can't have Helen in a fetal position
0: on the floor. No. (laughs) I was really drunk. It's (laughs) uncomfortable for everyone. It wasn't even the corner; it was right in the middle of the kitchen floor.
2: (laughs) I feel like she she
3: had breakdowns throughout every part of her. I did. Yeah, I did. Well, Green Book shouldn't have won Best Picture, and everybody fucking knows it.
0: Yeah, that's true, and I, and I think it's different. You're you're not offended by Coda in the same no, way that you're no, offended no, by No, people. no, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no.
3: That's fair. All right. Well, we hope you all enjoyed the Oscars this Sunday night. Uh, send us an email with your picks if you're interested in uh, being a part of our Oscar pool. Our email is talkmovie to me at gmail.com. And uh, this is our last episode for a little bit. We're gonna take a little break, so we will see you all in a after a little break (laughs) yeah we'll see you when we see you
2: we'll see you when we see you (laughs) alright I'm Helen I'm Miss Sinclair
0: and I'm Edison thanks happy Oscars
3: happy Happy Oscars. Oscars